0: So the more that you can tie in the ad read into the content of your episode, particularly if it's an episodic buy, it's going to make the ad feel so organic and fit in super well. Comedians do it really, really well when they make ads into almost like comedy bits where it's added content, added value. And at the end, you still learn something about a brand. You laughed while you enjoyed hearing about a brand and you might want to use a promo code to go and purchase said product from that brand. So that's what we're here for, to make better podcast ads.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Make Better. I'm your host, Amelia, and here we have...
0: Wonderful Adam McNeil from Adopter Media. I'm a podcast ad buyer, and I get to grow and scale direct-to-consumer brands through podcast advertising.
1: This is really awesome because Adam is an expert on all things podcast advertising. He's a fanatic when it comes to ad creative, so he has a lot of really good, interesting pieces of advice and, and, you know, critiques when it comes to how to improve your podcast performance, specifically from an ad creative standpoint.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. You know, podcast ads are are a way to tell a story about your brand. And they're more than just making conversions, but they're building your brand into something in the future that is more than just that one ad. And we wanna leave a lasting impression that leaves both the audience of the show happy and the brand happy with the results that they got. So that's what we're here for, to make better podcast ads.
1: And before we kick it off, Adam, could you just like, I don't know, four high level best practices when it comes to crafting an ad for a podcast?
0: yeah keep it on topic for the podcast don't like I, I don't know a better way to say this but if your podcast is about a certain thing try to hook that into the ad read because it makes it feel like extra content for the listener which will keep people engaged throughout that ad so the more that you can tie in the ad read into the content of your episode particularly if it's an episodic buy it's going to make the ad feel so organic and fit in super well comedians do it the best candidly comedians do it really really well when they make ads into almost like comedy bits where it it's added content added value and at the end you still learn something about a brand you laughed while you enjoyed hearing about a brand and you might want to use a promo code to go and purchase said product from that brand so find a way to fit it into your content make it feel like additional content that has a twist and that twist is you should go buy that product
1: Okay, awesome. And, and again, so for the brands listening to this podcast, one of the ways that they can help better sort of brief shows for when they're going to do their ads and stuff is, is really just encouraging them to try to find a segue into the ad that is related to either the episode content or just the theme of their overall podcast. So it feels more natural. It feels authentic.
0: Absolutely. And and that's something that we at Adopter Media stress on our onboarding calls when we do them with our hosts and with the producers and the networks that we partner with is say, hey, you know your audience better than our brand, better than I, and better than anyone else will ever know your audience. You need to speak to them in the way that you know that they will listen. So please, the talking points that we are giving to you are not a script. They are purely a jumping off point for you to take hold of and then to go and use that and shape that, transform that into a way that fits your show and your audience. I trust you. I trust you as the creative genius that is hosting this podcast. You have built a following. I am asking you to speak to them in the way that you have already been speaking to them because they trust you for the way that you speak to them.
1: And that's why they listen, right? Not because of, you know, because that's their voice, because they respect what they have to say because they come to listen. So, okay. Awesome. I think those are, those are really, really great and super helpful. So the theme of today's episode, Adam, is going to be ads that are shown on health and fitness, health and wellness style podcasts. Mm. So we've got a couple different shows here. We've got the Mark Hyman show. He's got a doctor's pharmacy podcast. We're going to be listening to an ad on the Huberman lab show on purpose with Jay Shetty, as well as the school of greatness. So this will be really uh. interesting.
0: Those are all massive flagship shows and big news on Jay Shetty, he just moved over to iHeartRadio. So there is some big media news in that that realm. And these are all titans of shows in the podcast space. Health and fitness as a category is probably one of the most interesting categories of podcasting that exists. It's one of the most longstanding. It's also one of the most influential. And Love it or hate it. It has caused lots of development in our modern age, particularly in North America, of how people choose to live their lives. And so a lot of people prescribe their lives to the words of these hosts. And so I think it's a fascinating genre, and I'm excited to dive in.
1: Awesome. And you said flagship. so for for somebody like me who may be a noob, I won't probably say that. <laughs> but for somebody who might not be familiar, what you know, you mentioned Titans. So flagships shows are really,
0: Yeah, you know what, these are some of the shows that are your your favorite podcasters favorite podcast. You know, these are the types of shows that tend to have a bit of influence over the entirety of their genre in the iTunes charts or in the Apple podcast charts. There is probably not a single health and fitness podcaster out there that has not referenced or knows of andrew huberman or you know mark hyman or even jay shetty or lewis house like these are all people that have more influence over the sphere of podcasting than their podcast itself they are just they are titans they i don't know how else to put it they are titans. they've been around for a long time they have a lot of influence particularly okay. huberman's probably on the biggest upswing out of all of them because he kind of emerged I don't know, three, four, five years ago. He had been doing his thing for a little bit, but really got a lot of of clout probably over the past couple of years and has skyrocketed to the point where I was actually reaching out to his team recently and and they're booked out on ads until 2023. They He has very much built a name for himself in the podcast space.
1: 2024?
0: yeah till the end of 2023 so until 2024 yeah (laughs) good catch good catch
1: (laughs) okay cool all right well let's dive in we're going to start off with butcher box on the mark hyman show here we go
2: fed beef sticks bone broth protein and the organ complex ground beef is probably the easiest protein out there that can be worked into any type of dish. I just love how quickly it can help us make a healthy meal. And when you go with grass-fed, you're getting a source of omega-3s and extra vitamins and minerals too. And with ButcherBox, I get 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef delivered right to my doorstep, no matter which state I happen to be in. They also offer free-range organic chicken and wild-caught Alaskan salmon, which are part of my weekly meal plans too. Grass-fed ground beef is the first protein I recommend for people who are trying to get more comfortable in the kitchen because you can just throw it in a pan with some salt, herbs, and spices and make a great meal. But if you've been looking for a way to get more high-quality protein in your diet, make sure you check out the grass-fed beef from ButcherBox, along with all their other humanely-raised antibiotic and hormone-free meats. They make eating well easy, delicious, and accessible. Right now, ButcherBox is proud to give new members two pounds, two pounds of ground beef in your first box, plus $20 off. To receive this offer, go to butcherbox.com forward slash pharmacy. That's butcherbox.com forward slash pharmacy. That's F-A-R-M-A-C-Y to receive two pounds of ground beef plus $20 off. And now let's get back to this week's episode.
1: So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, but that seemed like a hook to me, right? Like I didn't know immediately that this was going to be, we know it's a butcher box ad, but I didn't know. He was just talking about probably a concept that he talks about all the time, which is protein, what the, you know, the good sources of it, like how your body, you know, what types are easy to digest, all of that sort of stuff. I really liked that intro because it felt very natural to probably the content he talks about a lot.
0: Yeah, well, 100%. So Mark Hyman, his podcast is The Doctor's Pharmacy, and it's spelled F-A-R-M because his whole premise is the food, all he wants to really talk about predominantly is the foods that we eat. And so it's actually such an organic partnership here for him to work with something like Butcher Box and where he can talk particularly towards the foods that are in Butcher Box, as well as the types of foods that we consume and how they impact our lives and how they impact our health and fitness. So first off, I want to commend them on the right type of partnership where it's a great product fit to a great show where they both connect really exceptionally well and on top of that he did what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode where he's already integrating content that his audience is going to be familiar with they already trust his perspective on food because that's what his content is about he's using that as the hook and he is about to go into the ad so 10 out of 10 in terms of right show right hook right content alignment so far
1: yeah. Really, and really and it, well done. It, it doesn't seem like, like, sketchy is in the right word, right? But it's not, he's not trying to fake something so that you listen and then you're like surprised that there's like, you know, an ad read or whatever. He's actually, it just feels so natural that he's just introducing like this concept that's going to set the stage for whatever he's about to talk to, talk about. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. All right. Okay. First thing I noticed, and I, it was just a small snippet, but I liked how he sort of threw in a use case in there. If you're mm-hmm. new to mm-hmm. cooking beef or, you know, protein like this, the ground beef is great because you can just throw it on your pan that probably speaks to a lot of people because i i don't mm-hmm. know i'm not a, a good barbecue or a good p- cook and if i was expected to make a really nice juicy steak on the on the pan i think i would really struggle and that would be a barrier to me wanting to you know <laughs> utilize butcher box
0: yeah well and, and that's the thing with any of these almost like food prep meal prep food to your door delivery products is that they are trying to simplify the cooking process for you they're trying to simplify the ability for you to eat well, that's really the whole premise of that industry. And so he does hit on that a lot in there. And I do like the added value of like, he almost kind of throws this like pseudo recipe at you. He was like, throw some ground beef in a pan with some herbs and salt, et cetera. Cool. And and yeah, that that would work. You could do that. You can make a meal over. But he he doesn't go into like grandiose detail on it. So he leaves it very open and simple for you, which I do think is good. The one thing that I think that I, I lost a little bit is that it felt very formulaic and very... Talking point, Mm -hmm. talking point, talking point, talking point, talking point point throughout it. I almost wanted him to take a quick breath to just like tell me an anecdote of how he has used it. And particularly maybe a way that he's had fun with the company or a brand where he's had a personal connection. Show me in your ad read that you have a connection to this brand. That is one of the things like the personal endorsement side. Show me that you know the brand. That is almost the thing that I as a listener am always skeptical about is Is this person actually a user of the product? And I I think he probably is, but if you can give me a hint somewhere in there that you actually love and use this product, that is going to put me over the edge and I will trust it that much more. That is the only thing that I think was slightly lacking. Otherwise, really straight. It was a bit monotone, but I think that's the tone of the podcast. And so I'm not concerned by that at all. I think it feels like it fits. Like It's a great ad, like eight out of 10, I think personal endorsement would have put it right up there as a nine or a 10. I'm really, really pleased.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, it was short, sweet, and to the point. I I agree with the talking point stuff. It sort of almost felt like it was a little edited so that like those you know subscription, grass fed, no hormones, you know was sort of like added together. But I mean, they definitely probably hit all the talking points. I think the hook was really great and introduced the you know the content and the sponsor pretty naturally. And I, I agree with you on the personal endorsement thing because I, I I he mentioned it at the beginning. I also used I think it was their cod or their fish or whatever he likes that one. But but you know tell us a little bit more why you like that. Like what maybe did you do before? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you know your life was improved because you switched to Butcher Box because it was delivered or something.
0: Yeah, give me a short story. I I don't. Maybe he's married. Maybe he's not. Whatever. I, I don't. I don't know his personal details. But you know. Oh, we got this Alaskan cod that we cooked up for a dinner the other night, and we made it with blah blah blah. Like, give me the the briefest like half of a sentence of what what you got, how you made it, and the emotional experience attached to that. Like, oh, we did date night the other night, or I had a friend over and we made. You know, whatever it is, it's like paint a scenario where this is fit into your life. The one thing he did say that I don't even know if I'm trying to find the the best words to say this, but he made he made a comment in there where he said it can be delivered to to whatever state no matter where I am. Now, I'm assuming that Mark Hyman does travel quite a lot that may not be something that syncs well with his audience but he could use that as a hook to say like actually like butcher box has been really accessible for me as i travel around the country etc 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 they ship no matter what state i'm in etc he could he could use that as a way to integrate his personal experience with the brand into a talking point and i think stuff like that is where real wins are made
1: yeah that's such a good point too because you're right not everybody can probably relate to traveling as, as much as he probably does but i think the if he was a little bit more vague about like you know it's convenient because wherever i am they'll ship to me that almost speaks to like again how accessible they are which anybody mm-hmm. like is going to provide value from you know one of the biggest fears people have with subscriptions is like having too much right like that's one of the reasons people cancel mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. you have too much dog food or you've got too much you know you're rocket stuff. money <laughs> Ex- yeah 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 <laughs> and uh, exactly exactly tell them Money, But so like emphasizing, like, not necessarily like, oh, they're really great and they're convenient and they'll go wherever. But like giving that personal story from his experience being, I travel all the time and they always make it so that I can have it delivered wherever. And that clearly speaks to the fact that like you can change your, you know, your order up, you can, you know, change dates and stuff. It just goes back to this sort of, you know, what I'm sure ButcherBox, you know, prioritizes, which is that customer experience and the ease of being able to make it work with your schedule. Mm hmm yeah um, okay cool i think that was a good one yeah well if you were to if you were to give that one a grade what would it be
0: yeah i i'd give it the eight out of ten like eight it out of ten fine. really solid like if i was butcher box and i heard that ad i would have zero complaints i wouldn't give any heck to that podcaster over anything the only thing i would have said was great job if you can find a way to incorporate your personal experience with the product a little bit more that would be appreciated that would have been probably the only major piece of feedback that i would have given i I really thought it was well done very professional and rightfully so as a doctor you'd you'd expect it to be professional
1: yeah you're right he, he that like that probably wasn't his ad voice but it wasn't also his like overselling voice it probably exactly yeah. fit with the nature of the podcast so either they're excited and they're comedians and they're funny and they make that you know sort of emphasize in there in the ad or it's the opposite and they are just sort of like a very straightforward podcast you want to make sure that's also conveyed in the in the ad read as well mm-hmm Cool. All right, let's go on to the next one. This one is Huberman Lab Show. We're going to be talking or seeing a read from Element.
3: In keeping with that theme, I'd like to thank the sponsors of today's podcast. Our first sponsor is Element. Element is an electrolyte drink that has everything you need, meaning sodium, magnesium, and potassium, but nothing that you don't, meaning no sugar. And it has the sodium, magnesium, potassium, in the ideal ratios for hydrating and providing electrolytes to the cells and tissues of your body. So I use Element in my water when I wake up. I like to hydrate right away. So I'll have an Element packet in about 16 to 32 ounces of water when I wake up. I tend to do the same while I exercise, which I typically do in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, and I'll drink another one throughout the day. The great thing about Element is it also tastes terrific. I particularly like the watermelon flavor, but frankly, I like all the flavors just mixed into, again, about 16 to 32 ounces of water. If you'd like to try Element, you can go to drinkelementlmnt.com slash Huberman to claim a free Element sample pack with your purchase. Again, that's drinkelementlmnt.com slash Huberman. Today's episode is also brought to us by Maui Nui venison, which I can confidently say is the most nutrient dense and delicious red meat available. Maui Nui spent nearly a decade building a USDA certified wild harvesting system to help balance deer populations on the island of Maui. The solution they built is extremely powerful because it turns the proliferation of an invasive species into a wide range of nutrient-dense products, from butcher cuts, so venison steaks and ground venison, et cetera, to organ meats, bone broth, and jerky. I really love all of their products, so I love the venison steaks and the ground venison, and their bone broth is fantastic. It has an unmatched 25 grams of protein per 100 calories, so it's very high-density, high-quality protein, Per calorie. So, if you'd like to try Maui Nui venison, go to Maui dot com slash Huberman to get twenty percent off your first order. Again, that's Maui dot com slash Huberman to get twenty percent off your first order.
0: So immediately, I, I'm I'm going to dock a point right away, and here's why. Don't say I'm going to thank our first sponsor. First off, now you're about to tell me you're prepping me for a series of sponsorships that you're about to read off in a row. Now, skip. skip, skip. (laughs) exactly like that is the biggest flag to me as a listener to say, oh, okay, this is the part of the episode where I can skip. Now, the thing about Huberman is he has such a great audience that I think trusts his word. He has an exceptionally high advertiser renewal rate. And I think his audience respects the advertisers he chooses to take he chooses to take on. And so similarly, there's another podcaster that I feel like does ads similar to how Huberman does them. And that's Lex Friedman, where he's very upfront. And he says, these are my sponsors, thank them. And and he almost like is giving patronage to say, hey, these people are allowing me to create the content that you love, please go and support them. And it comes across I think as an ad buyer, without knowing their audience and without knowing their content, it could come across as like, oh, that wasn't very well done. But if you know their content and if you know the types of podcasters they are, it almost makes more sense for them to do it this way. I don't love it, but I don't hate it because I do think it fits their their show. So I wanted to call that out as a red flag. I do not think ninety per, probably more than 90% of podcasters should ever do what they do in terms of saying like, let me just thank our sponsors. This is my first sponsor at XYZ try not to do that. I think they can get away with it to a degree, but I don't think most podcasters and people that are listening to this podcast should embody that premise.
1: So if I'm a brand and I'm like, okay, great, Adam, I love that advice. Like now let me make sure, or or let me try to utilize that in how I'm, you know, how I'm placing ads on shows or something. Is that something that like, as a brand, I could sort of emphasize when it comes to briefing and sort of, you know, laying out the specifics of the ad that I'm going to be buying. Can I say, Hey, we would, we would like to be involved. It can be a series of ads. That's fine. Maybe they don't have complete control over whether they're going to be, you know, lumped in with four, but can we make sure that, you know, Huberman doesn't start the you know sponsorship list off with that
0: so that comes down to like two ways that you can give feedback one is network-oriented feedback a lot of podcasters don't have as much control in their ad placements and how they do ads or they just don't get feedback given to them on the ad structuring or the way that they do their ads very often particularly if they're through a network now if, if they're an independent podcaster it's a lot easier to give Direct feedback to them because there's a direct line of contact to the podcaster themselves to say like, hey, did you know that when you do this, this tends to flag your listeners to skip the podcast ad, etc. I I try to be upfront and educational with networks in general of like what I like to see and what I don't like to see and how that impacts performance. And so, if you're an ad buyer, I do highly recommend that you give positive critical feedback to podcasters to show them how they can improve. So it improves the efficiencies of your ads and incentivize renewals on their podcast. And if you reframe it that way, most podcasters tend to be really responsive to that feedback because at the end of the day, everybody's goal is a renewal. Everybody's goal is to continue the sponsorship trade as long as you can keep it going. And if you can give them feedback on how to keep that train rolling, I, I found that nine times out of 10, most people are quite responsive.
1: Yeah. And that's probably one of the benefits of working with like an agency, like adopter, right. Is because you guys have already done that upfront work that, that show or that network that you're working with and placing those ads on, you probably have already had that conversation with them. You have a deeper relationship where it's probably easier for you to provide that feedback because you know, them versus me being, you know, a one-off advertiser, spending $10,000 on a couple ads and like, you know, being like, Oh, help us out. You know, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, there, there's the advantage, right? Because and, and it also comes with a little bit more weight when we can say like, look, we've spent over $100 million on podcast ads at this point. So we have a pretty large data set to tell you this works better than the way that you're doing it currently. And I would highly recommend you make changes because it will improve the likelihood that advertisers will stay with your show so i don't know like I, that side of it yes because if you're just an independent buyer and you're only doing a couple thousand dollars a spend there's not as much oomph that maybe comes yes. from your feedback potentially um but I, that doesn't mean yeah. you should you should still get feedback regardless yeah. if your gut is telling you that there's something wrong like maybe ask and be be curious about it say like hey is there a reason that you do your ads like this because sometimes podcasters have good reasons for the way that they do things sometimes they don't and sometimes they just have not been educated or they have not been told a lot of podcasters are new to doing advertisements because they didn't come out of the influencer space a lot of podcasters Mm -hmm. were just podcasters creating content because they were creating cool content that they wanted to get into and then advertisement happened to just take over this industry where it became a huge media conglomerate and now everybody's trying to figure out how to do this whole thing called podcast ads. And we're all figuring it out together. So
1: yeah, love it. Love it. All right. Let's continue on this one.
0: So I want to note just something that is really obscure and hilarious. Maybe, maybe it would blow over a lot of people, but the fact that he said in about 16 or 32 ounces of water is how much he uses for his element. Who's measuring? I know, I know. who is out there pulling out a measuring glass to to say like this is how much water? Like it, it, it's such a like high level scientist. Yeah, I mean he's a PhD. He teaches at Stanford. Like that is such a a, a STEM based answer of like I measure out my water before I put my element. Anyways, may, maybe he does. I don't know, but like it's such a such a little tidbit that I think gives light into who he is, mm. and it's a different kind of an answer than I think most podcasters talking about element would do. Where I think a lot of podcasters would be like, "Yeah, like I fill up my glass," but he's like getting very delicate with the details on it. But I think that is also what people expect of him, and so I think he's done that well there. So, yeah. Anyways, totally that little agree. tidbit I I really liked for, for yeah. some reason I don't know it made me laugh. <laughs>
1: well, and and I think the other cool thing about this one, just going you know comparing it to the what we were talking about about Butcher Box and the sort of it's not authority, but that like personal testimonial, he went through what his day looks like drinking element. He was like, Mm -hmm. I I use it when I wake up, I probably have it at the gym. I might have one before dinner, after dinner. Like he walked you through his experience and like, you know, immediately I'm like, okay, he uses this, you know, at least Mm -hmm. even just by saying that. And he probably does. I'm sure, I'm sure he doesn't. I don't know if you've tried element, but it's fucking awesome. It tastes (laughs) so good. But I, I liked that because immediately you're like, yeah, he uses this. This is like, this is an actual endorsement.
0: Yeah. And, and, and not only that, like the endorsement is great, but it actually paints again, a scenario that now I as a listener mm. can see myself partaking in. And the thing about people in the health and fitness category, the reason that this genre has exploded so much for podcast advertising and it has been one of probably the most lucrative podcast genres for brands, particularly in this category of product is because these are people that quote unquote have given prescriptions for how to live your life. Here are people that are educating on how to be a healthier person. And now this person who has been educating people through his podcast, the Hebrew Lab, is now giving you his routine of how mm. he uses this product. And if I trust his word on how I should be living my life, it gives me now a schedule, a routine of how I can be partaking in the same habits there. And so it's it's actually very very well done in that regard.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, before one of the last episodes, you know, we we were talking about this on. You would you had mentioned the concept of like. Paint that image inside of the listener's head. Like, you know, you were giving the Ember coffee example, right? Like, you know, where you were talking about, oh, my coffee's still warm even after I'm recording in an hour podcast. Like I I had an, you know, you painted that picture and I think he paints that picture. I could totally see myself waking up. I always drink water anyways, like put an element in there, do it before I go to the gym. Um, Mm -hmm. We did a great job of painting that picture to your point and, and giving you a scenario where you could also see yourself doing that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Great, Adam. Why does everybody repeat the URL twice and the code?
0: because we have small goldfish brains some days and we need to hear things more than once or we will forget them the truth is like not many people actually rewind on podcasts unless they missed something that they really want to hear and uh, i feel like very seldom do people want to go back and re-listen to an ad so you really want to make sure that that lands and sometimes repetition can just be that key to make sure that you don't forget it that is drink lmnt slash huberman you know or dot com slash huberman and you'll get a free sample pack Like you want them to remember that so that A, not only do you want them to remember the brand, you actually only really want them to remember from the brand perspective, you want them to remember what the product is for, why you should use it all those things on the attribution side of things on where to give credit to for those purchases you want them to remember where they need to go what code to use and what that offer is so there's almost two values here brand value is everything that comes before that call to action of like how do they want you to perceive your brand and then you have the attribution value this is how you are going to tell them that you heard about them through the Huberman lab podcast and that's a value too and it's also closing the funnel it's like closing that conversion data
1: yeah, that's so interesting. Okay, cool. And and that's that is one of those like best practices when it comes to briefing a show, right?
0: Yeah, always try to at, at least twice. It genuinely can increase the conversion rates a lot. Like double double it at least. Triple might be a little overkill, but at least repeat the call to action twice. The URL awesome. and spell it out. If you have a complicated name, like do not assume that people know how to spell things. I have seen every misspelling in on on gosh under the sun i have seen brands misspelled i have seen urls misspelled i've seen names misspelled things that should never be misspelled misspelled so be clear be slow to speak it if you need to but make sure you're accurate
1: cool all right okay grading
0: i i would say i'm gonna give that probably like a nine or ten maybe an eight. Again, the only reason I'll give it an eight is because of that opening where it's like my first sponsor and in the way that there's ads being stacked. I don't like ads stacking. I understand the necessity for it in our industry. I would much rather prefer listening to a show that has two ads that are both spread out or three ads that are both spread out that are not stacked behind one another. And I do know that in this episode, he does have two ads back to back there because you can hear him talking about the next sponsor right afterwards. Now, again those are those are more high level macro elements to the podcast that I do not think are as beneficial to a brand so if those were changed like I think overall the ad read was really good just don't tell people that you're about to do an ad that's probably the biggest key that I would give that's where I think the most points were docked otherwise exceptional read like really yeah well done.
1: I'm, I'm- I mean, we've talked about like hooks, try to make it sound natural, have a natural you know, sort of integration into the ad read. You've mentioned not having music on ads because again, it's sort of jarring mm-hmm. from listening to then immediately signaling there's about to be an ad. And I think this other one too, like just don't outright say it if you can avoid that or if you can sort of brief your, the host on that. Hey, we you know, we'd like it. Even if you have to say, this is sponsored by, or we're so thankful to our sponsors. Maybe don't give somebody an instance where you're, you know, there's about to be a couple ads stacked because that mm-hmm. you, you might be afraid to skip through one ad because you don't want to miss the content, right? That like, if you, if you surpass the skip surpasses the ad, but if you know, there's going to be a couple, I'm going to hit that skip button a couple times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: All right, cool. Let's move on to Jay Shetty's show. It's On Purpose with Jay Shetty. This advertiser is Canva. So different from a lot of the D2C CPG brands, this is more service focused. So let's see what he has to
4: say. Having the right tools is the most important foundation for any type of success. You can't use a toy hammer to hammer a reveal nail, right? The same goes for designing graphics as well. Canva is the free online platform that makes designing easy for everyone. You can realize your ideas with ease. No art degree needed and no endless video tutorials required either. Canva has over 500,000 free templates to help you create with confidence. Designing has never been easier now with Canva's intuitive drag and drop functions and it really is that simple, unlike the other overly complex design tools out there. Take your presentations, social posts, video launches to the next level with endless elements like photography, illustrations and music your audience will be engaged like never before. With Canva, you can work alone or together, from wherever. Save time and stay on the same page with your team on Canva's seamless real-time collaboration. Canva gives you everything you need to succeed in your personal and professional goals. Start designing for free at canva.com. What will you design today?
1: There's that music. That was so jarring, Adam. That was a completely different audio than the ad
0: and yeah it it cuts in like that 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 really hits you in the face where all of a sudden you're listening to this podcast and it's a very different tone and then all of a sudden bam ad read comes in i hate that like it is it's uncomfortable it it wakes you up as a listener to the skip button more than anything it wakes you up to say like oh this does not sound right i need to get back to the content or unless i'm wrong and maybe that jarring is good for the advertiser i just don't see it i i I don't think it, it works that well find ways to integrate it better but yes very jarring
1: uh, all right, real quickly before we dive there, I have so many thoughts, I'm sure you you do too. When it comes to the music, because it, it fits with his tone, right? It, it does sound like a nice, he's talking about making graphic design easy and beautiful. Is that something that like the advertiser or the, you know, the ad team at Canva is like giving to Jay and being like, hey, we want you to use this background music in your ad? Or is that like the host decision mm-hmm. most of the time?
0: Usually, that's the host that would decide okay. that, unless it's a produced spot from the brand mm-hmm. where they're putting music in, uh, it, it usually is coming from the podcaster. Now, m- unless the brand asked for it, I don't think they would have, but maybe they did.
1: That before where a brand's like, hey, a- we want to use this background music on the ad.
0: No, I've, I've never had that, not in my experience, but maybe, maybe other brands have done that before. Not not that I know of. I do know that there's other brands that have like played with chimes or jingles and stuff, but usually that again is for more like brand produced spots, yes. not for a host spot. So cause cause here's, here's okay. I'm going to jump into my feedback here right now because I, I, w- I don't want to lose this thought. Now when working with someone like Jay Shetty, Jay Shetty is a big name, very, very infamous podcaster, very well known, massive influencer you're using his voice on his podcast and yet there's no endorsement there is just him telling you about the brand there's almost a devaluing of what you're buying there when there's no endorsement it's like you're paying wh- why not just produce your own spot and put it on a show at that point i get the voice piece there's probably some value to that but without the personal endorsement it just feels like an ad that was produced but it happens to have the voice of the podcast you're listening to there and I, I honestly don't really ever listen to many like this because we don't really buy a lot like this, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? And I don't, like, mm-hmm. it's a gut thing. Like, as a listener, I'm like, oh, it just feels like an ad that I would hear on the radio, but it's coming from my podcaster. It's awkward. It doesn't fit right. Why, and, and maybe it, maybe it's a budget reason. Maybe he doesn't do personal enforcements. Maybe he's never, I, I don't know the reasonings. That's that's outside of my scope of, of appreciation here. But I do think it, it gives me a lackluster feeling as a listener.
1: Yeah. I mean, it feels just like to your point, all he's just reading like a normal ad. Like you would see, you know, in between TV or on radio or something, but it happens to be his voice. Like why, the power of his voice is that like people listen to him and they respect him and they trust him and so i it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, just like it's such a miss right because it, it again it just feels very authentic it was a little uncomfortable it felt like he was just droning on about the features and reading off a script yeah. and stuff but you could probably i don't know if he does like you know impression-based buys or and you know or, or or a way to just like integrate something else into the podcast that's an ad that isn't from him but it almost seems like that would have been better than having him just talk about something he didn't even mention at once that one time that he used it and obviously he He's big and he probably yeah. doesn't, is an entire team. <laughs> yeah. He
0: probably, probably isn't the, the, the one doing the graphic design. design. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless maybe, but, but.
1: maybe he could have mentioned, maybe you don't want to like lie, but I, I'm sure there was some sort of segue. Yeah.
0: No, you don't want to lie. And so that would be the thing. It's like, okay, maybe it's just no endorsement because he actually hasn't used the product and Canva is fine with that. They're okay with just being on the show for the sake of being on the show. That's totally okay. I am only pointing out where I think there's deficiencies in it, but it may be fully within the realm of like, this is what they wanted, this is what they expected, this is, and it's still producing results. It's a fine ad read. They give like he gives all the details he needs to give. If you if you separate the ad from the content and how jarring it was, it's a fine read. There's nothing wrong with it. And it very much is a brand awareness play because he just says go to canva.com and mm-hmm. get started today. He it leaves with a brand tagline at the very end. I can't remember what it is off the top hand. And, and it very much just feels like this is a Facebook ad, like it's an ad that just is getting dropped into this episode. It is a it, 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 you know what it feels like more it feels like a commercial not a sponsorship Mm. if that makes sense yes and and i've never used that terminology before like i've never talked about a commercial in podcasting that's the first time i think i've ever used the term but it does come across more like it's a commercial rather than maybe an advertising for a brand and those are synonyms but more like comparing commercial to like a sponsorship it's very different
1: no, I, I I agree with you. Commercial is definitely what I what I thought too. It was just him speaking about this product, no mention of him using it or providing value. And I and I agree with you too. I think Everything I needed to know about Canva, he explained it. It was a very long ad read. I liked how they use like, you know, the 500,000 templates, like as somebody that tries to play around in Figma and do graphic design, (laughs) and I've used Canva, like I know there's no limit to the, you know, templates they have, especially Mm -hmm. from a free perspective. And that is, that's a reason why somebody would go and check it out versus you get access to two of them, you know, so I liked the quantifiable nature of, of how he mentioned
4: that.
0: Yeah, well, okay. So here, here's one area that I think he could have improved in that I think wouldn't have added personal endorsement, but would have connected more to his audience. So a lot of the people that listen to Jay Shetty are entrepreneurs, people that are very growth oriented people, they want to build something that they want to create something they want to take control of their life in some capacity, a lot of them would be influencers in, in some realm, or entrepreneurs. So get them thinking about how this product would apply to that side of their life. It's like, look, Growing a business is hard, growing in any capacity is hard, and sometimes getting the right tools for the job can really help accelerate our growth. Graphic design is not everybody's skill set, but Canva makes it really easy for you to become a designer without having to go through the years of schooling to do that, et cetera. There's ways that you could integrate how this product would benefit your audience in particular that would better improve that ad read, and that doesn't even require an endorsement. That is just telling you that this product is good for the type of listener that listens to Jay Shetty's
1: podcast. I love that. That's so beautiful because to your point, like you're not, maybe it's exactly what Canva wanted. Maybe he doesn't do personal endorsements, but that's still a way to, to relate it and paint that picture in the user's mind without being unauthentic at all. I love that. I love that idea. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there.
4: Hmm.
1: All right. Any other thoughts? It was a long list of things that Canva did.
0: Yeah, it, it was like I said, it was a fine read, lots of detail. I I don't think we I needed that much detail, but it was fine. Like it, it was a decent ad read. I just did not like how jarring it was. I didn't like the format. From an ad buying perspective, I I just wouldn't buy ads typically like that. But if it serves the purposes of Canva and they're going for brand awareness, they want the voice of Jay Shetty, all the power to them. Like it's fine. I think there is room for improvement. I'd give it like a 6 maybe, 7? Cool. 6. Probably a 6. six yeah. All right. I'd give it a That's six, cool. especially for the jarring. If if anything, I could maybe bring it lower based on how it was implemented, but the ad itself was okay. For a non-endorsed ad, it was okay.
1: Awesome. All right. So last one, School of Greatness, the show School of Greatness. And we're going to be listening to MailChimp. Again, another service-based product rather than, you know, CPG, your, your typical product product. So let's listen to this guy.
2: Some things in life leave you guessing. For example, do aliens exist? Or what is the meaning of life? But you know what doesn't leave you guessing? MailChimp. MailChimp analyzes data from billions of emails to offer up personalized recommendations for how to improve things like your email content and audience targeting. MailChimp is the number one email marketing and automation platform with over 12 million customers that send more than a half a billion emails every day. Based on competitors' brands' publicly available data on worldwide numbers of customers in 2021 and 2022. Learn more at MailChimp.com. That's M A I L C H I M P.com.
1: I mean, that was so funny again clearly a hook right he said that was that's part of the ad read he didn't mention mailchimp or email or something but it was probably fit in with the context of what he talks about on a show but what like interesting segue to go from what is the meaning of life to i never have to guess about what my emails are going to look like or whatever
0: yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a fun hook i i feel like the way that it came out it sounded very scripted like it was a red <laughs> prom like that is what mailchimp wanted him to say I, I i don't know but to me there was a bit of a like did you write that yourself, or was that something that you were told to read? It yeah. almost felt like it was something he was told to read because yeah. it yeah. almost came out with a little bit of uncomfortability. It's like this is a cheesy joke, but I'm gonna yeah, read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, but it's it fine. Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say it did do a good job of again not being like, and this is our sponsor, Mailchimp, or you know, have you thought it sort mm-hmm. of, again, you know, it started the ad read, but it you know, somewhat naturally sort of progressed into the actual product. I'll pass it to you. I have some thoughts, but what what, what do you think?
0: I'm going to give it the same feedback that I gave to Jay Shetty, where the ad isn't an endorsement. It's a brand awareness thing. So in terms of measurement of results here, it's going to be really hard to know if the show is pushing results for MailChimp except through pixel-based attribution or a post-purchase survey because there's no URL, there's no coupon code or anything like that. That's fine. Like Brand Awareness Place are okay and a lot of people do them in podcast advertising. But again, there wasn't really an endorsement. There wasn't really a way that his audience could see themselves using the product aside from like if they could make the connection. Again, I would give the same recommendation. His audience is mostly entrepreneurs. I know a lot of people who listen to Lewis Howe's podcast and they are entrepreneurs. They're self-starters. They want to know what tools they need to grow their business and to become great. They are listening to this podcast because they are trying to learn to become great at being entrepreneurs or great at life or whatever it is, the school of greatness. They're at the school
1: of greatness, yeah. (laughs) They're at the school
0: of greatness. So tell them, give them a lesson give them a way to use this product in in their life and in their businesses and how it can be successful for them. And again, even if you're not paying for an endorsement, if he's not giving an endorsement, there are better ways to talk about a brand and integrate personal or to integrate pseudo experiences that your audience can see themselves using the product in. That would be the way that I would I would try to go about that. But I don't know. A lot of podcasters once they get to grandiose size, the endorsement side of their podcast tends to slowly slip away and they do transition into doing more generic reads. And it and it hurts me on the inside, to be honest. I get sad.
1: I guess it makes sense, though, too. I mean, I don't know how many ads, you know, they have on, on his show or whatever. But, like, I guess you can't endorse every product. Then you're like, wait, did he really use this? You know, like, I guess there there does become, like, a, a you know, a certain amount where you're like, okay, maybe that's ridiculous. And I have to start, you know, really only endorsing the products that I, I really believe in. But I agree it does hurt.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it, to me, it is, okay, so I'll put it this way. These brands are typically spending a lot of money to have a few moments on their podcast, 60 seconds. On average, it doesn't take a lot of time to record a one minute ad read and now i'm assuming and i could be wrong but the way that it's felt like these ads were inserted on both lewis howe's podcast and on jay shetty's podcast it didn't feel like an episodic placement it felt like a dynamic and in insertion i could be wrong i think jay shetty's i'm like 99 sure lewis howe's a little less sure but i, I still think it probably leans that direction now in, in that circumstance, it does not take that much effort to record that one ad and then get it placed on your multiple of episodes. And likely these shows are doing well over the millions of impressions. And if they're charging anywhere around a $25 CPM or more, that's a $25,000 spot. I think, and now maybe this is a little bit of my, I'm not them privilege speaking here. I think $25,000 merits for a a little bit of an intentionality of showing up to just make sure that this ad is special. Like they're paying a lot of money to be on your show per episode or per million impressions or however many, I don't know. That's my thought is you're you're getting paid a lot of money.
1: Yeah. And at the very least, like what, you know, going back to what you said that he could at least paint a picture for how maybe if he doesn't Mm -hmm. use it, but how the users and the listeners, because they, they know it's such a specific audience for those shows and all the ones we've gone through how they could, you know, potentially use it
0: yeah exactly so again there's there's nothing inherently wrong there isn't anything that i think was like oh man this is scandalous this is bad it's nothing like that it's just there are good ads there are okay ads and then there are great ads and i would not have said this was a good ad quite close i would not have said it was a great ad i would i would put it in the category this was an okay ad i'm not going to complain about it Mm -hmm. it's fine it could be better
1: yeah. So outside of the ad, I was really interested in listening to this because I've used MailChimp a lot as like, you know, when I was starting little colleges or little startups in college, like mm-hmm. MailChimp was the go-to tool because it, it the drag and drop nature of it. And I think he does mention that makes it really, actually, I think that was Canva, but they the drag and drop nature. It's really easy. It's all visual. So it's less like, you know, some of the other more technical email platforms. I was really surprised at how he talked about MailChimp. The, the first thing that he mentioned was how they have, billions of pieces of data that they give you personalized recommendations on now, maybe, and, and probably that was sort of what MailChimp briefed them with. Maybe they're trying to sort of take a different route in terms of what their platform offers. Maybe everybody knows MailChimp is email, but it, it did surprise me that that was what the, how he started talking about the, you know, the features and the benefits of MailChimp. And then he got into their, one of the most used email platforms for, you know, whatever people it was. But that, that did surprise me. And I would be honestly really interested to hear from the MailChimp team about why they sort Sort of started off with that because I, I mean it was it must have been 50% of the ad that he was actually talking about Mailchimp. Aside from the beginning sort of hook thing, was this like they had this data, they ran these studies, they give personal recommendations, and that's not you know that's not a reason why I would use Mailchimp. It's that they are one of the easiest to use early stage sort mm-hmm. of mail or email companies, and, and that that was sort of left off at the end and only talked about a little bit. And I don't know that was just really interesting to me from you know the the perspective of a brand briefing a show on the talking points that they want them to hit
0: yeah it probably comes down a little bit to their market fit now I now maybe i haven't been in the email software space for a little bit my last email software that i was working with a lot was klaviyo and and that's very much on the e-commerce side now May- MailChimp may be trying to go more enterprise now and mm. enterprise definitely cares a lot more about like how much data do you have access to that we can leverage whereas if you're a startup and you're working from the ground up you're looking for the easiest platform to use and so the value prompts there might be different in terms of the types of audiences that they're speaking to so maybe through Lewis Howe's podcast they're hoping to reach a lot more like oh are, these are potential Fortune 500 style companies mm. that are listening to a podcast like this and they're really just trying to seed that, that hey like this is a platform or a, a mail platform that you can use that has butt tons of data there's so much mountains of it and they're trying to emphasize like they are a big player that that would be how i could interpret that if i was being generous i don't know though maybe maybe yeah. they are still trying to emphasize on the startup but i think probably there's other mail providers that that try to emphasize on that too
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's such a good point because you're right, like historically, and honestly, if anybody here is listening that you know works for MailChimp or knows them, like would love to know the answer because it was it is a really interesting one compared to some of their ads that I have listened to before. But I think you know your your interpretation is probably spot on. They have always been known as sort of that like early stage startup one. Calavio is much more for e com, but same sort of mentality, right? Like easy to use if you're you don't have a full team that's Mm -hmm. email experts, and they're now they're trying to sort of we're not just MailChimp, which is a really cutesy name, but now we can actually compete with the enterprise. Types of companies, and and maybe mm-hmm. even more so. Everybody probably knows what Mailchimp is, so now they're not trying to sell them on on what they are, and more so like how they're growing and how they can you know provide a solution for larger companies.
0: Yeah, well, it's like if if they're trying to compete with something like Salesforce and their email software, which is very complicated. You have to go like I used to work with Salesforce, not for them, but like at a previous company, we had used their product. Gosh, that was a complicated system to learn, and it was very enterprise level. And it would the reason that we used them at that company was because we needed lots of data. We needed access to integrate into all these complicated systems. And it was very much at more of an enterprise level that we needed. Whereas if I was working at a startup and I was just kind of getting going and I'm a middle tier business and I just need a little bit of simplicity, but also data, then maybe MailChimp is the perfect perfect fit for me there yep. whereas if i'm an e-com brand then maybe i want to lean into something like clavio because clavio's whole pitch is like well we can get you very detailed analytics that integrates into your shopify dashboards down to click-through rates conversion rates off of emails we can do a b like they're going to speak to you in the language of an e person rather than mailchimp might speak to you as more of a small, medium-sized business, and yeah. then Salesforce, they may not even show up on a podcast because they're going to try yeah. and book a big meeting with you and and they're going to fly some, you know, it, it's a much yep. bigger, yep. It's, it's a different game. And so they're using different talking points and I could be wrong. This this is an interpretation um, and an assumption, but that would be some of my thought process of like, why, why choose those talking points? Yep. And it would be curious to know, do they use different talking points for different shows? Because that's that's something that Ooh. could be very interesting because Lewis Howe's podcast may be targeting a little bit more of that middle to upper tier business in terms of their size. So maybe they use different talking points there than if they were on maybe the Make Better podcast. <laughs> Who mm-hmm. knows? Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'd get different talking points if they gave us a sponsorship on the podcast. Yeah. So I, I'd be curious.
1: Yeah, no, super curious. I, and I guess just going back to that bit, the, the last thing I'll say on the ad read side, like let's say that that was their goal and, and he had all the talking points that they wanted and that's exactly what they're doing. I, I do wish when he talked about, because one of the main things he emphasized was that they have all this data and they can provide personal and, you know, customizable recommendations. I would have loved to hear an example of what that was because hmm. I, that could be anything, you know, like, okay, wait. So if you have all this data, wait, what are you recommending? Like how we send, who we send? Like, I would have loved to just see yeah. one instance, even if he had an email used it before. Again, going back, to it doesn't have to be an endorsement from him, but paint a picture in my mind of why that data and the data that you guys have is important for me. So then I can yes. create a whole bunch of other instances where I'm like, oh, that would make sense. I bet I can use it this way and I bet it would be helpful this way. I didn't get that. It just said, you know, we can provide you with customizable, you know, information because we have all this data and I would have loved to know a little bit more details about what those examples would be.
0: Yeah, if you aren't going to give an endorsement, paint an experience. Yes. That would be the way that that I would probably frame that. And that will lead to likely a lot more conversions. Show them how they could use it.
1: Amazing. Any other thoughts? What would you grade this one on?
0: I think I'm going to be honest. I liked the Canva talking points probably a little bit more than I like the talking points for MailChimp, but I also am more familiar with Canva as a user. So I might be biased there. I'm going to give it also a six. I think they're about the same power, except. I'm going to give one extra point and bump up lewis to you a 6.57 ish who knows is a scale that concrete we're not sure i think i'm going to give it a slight edge over jay shetty and the only reason is, is it felt like it fit into the content a little bit smoother than the way that his ad on the jay shetty podcast just kind of went bam right in your face this one felt like it flowed a little bit easier in so mm-hmm. that would be the only big feedback and i'd have to look at the ad stacking which i haven't so i don't know if the ad placements uh were a big factor in terms of, of how I perceive these because that yeah. could be that could change.
1: So true. So true. Awesome. Go ahead. Overall
0: though, I'm gonna say my favorite of the week. I think Dr. Mark Hyman did a fantastic job. I genuinely really liked his ad. I thought it was great. It was well done, fit the content, everything about the right podcast, right brand, connected, super well done. Andrew Huberman, also exceptionally well done. Just don't introduce your sponsors by saying, and our first sponsor is, get that out of there, clean that up, otherwise, again, fantastic. And I think the last two, I am biased because they are not my favorite types of ads to buy, but within their context, I think they're both okay with lots of improvements.
1: And those, you would say those were awareness focused ads rather than direct response.
0: Yeah. There was no URL that they had to go to aside from the brand's URL. So there was no UTM tracking. There was no coupon codes. There was no other way to know whether or not those ads were doing well, except through a post-purchase survey or through like lift studies or pixel-based attribution.
1: Cool. Well, that concludes the episode for today. All the health and wellness, you know, the couple of those shows and the ad reads on those. I think this was an interesting one. Definitely different from the comedy stuff that we did last week.
0: Yeah, I, I really do love the health and fitness category from a podcast ad buyer's perspective. There is a lot of influence in that genre. And so there is so much room for brands to work with health and fitness creators because they truly do have a lot of influence over their audiences. If you can, as a podcaster, if you can convince someone to change the way that they eat, live and exercise, the likelihood is you can also do a pretty good job selling them on, on a product. That would be the rule of thumb that I'd live by in terms of why I I do a lot of buying there. The only thing I'd be conscientious of is making sure that talking points are are clear and accurate. In many cases, I have seen this genre and its influencers also say lots of things that are outside of the talking points of how they have applied these things to their lives and maybe not FTC and FDA compliant Mm -hmm. ways. And so I'd be very conscientious and cautious and make sure that you are selective in who you partner with and clear. That would be the only things that I would recommend.
1: Amazing. All right. Well, thank you everybody who's listening and join us next week. We'll go through some more ads.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Amelia.